This is On The Tee Golf New Zealand Podcast, hosted by Tom Hyde and Brendan Telfer. Proudly presented by Podcasts New Zealand and Gorilla Voice Media. Hello again and welcome to On The Tee, our first golf podcast for 2021. Hi, I'm Brendan Telfer along with my co-host Tom Hyde, here to talk golf, not just from around the world, but also we focus on the game here in New Zealand. And we like to cast our eyes over the international golfing scene as well. We come to you in association with JK's World of Golf out there at Nixon Road at Auckland International Airport. You can check them out at jksworldofgolf.co.nz, your one-stop golfing shop, and the Akarana Golf Club, just 10 minutes from that airport and about 10 minutes away from the centre of Auckland. Check them out for some great deals with some online green fee deals at akaranagolf.co.nz. Okay, so we thought we'd kick off a 2021 by having a look at what we might get from the golfing calendar this year. Will the calendar again be plagued by the depressingly unpleasant effects of COVID-19? Will it be another pandemic golfing year? No fans at any of the game's majors, prestige tournaments, or even run-of-the-mill weekly tournaments? And what effect has COVID now had on the international game of golf? Joining us today, one of New Zealand's all-time leading professionals, John Lister. John, compliments of the season to you. I imagine you've been hitting a few golf balls and with all this fine weather we've had over the last few weeks. Uh, and good, good afternoon to you, and and, uh, Happy New Year. Uh, yes, I have been hitting a few, not very well. But, uh, have you had any problem with uh, embedded balls uh, <laughs> anywhere around Gulf Harbour this year? <laughs> not at this time of the year. I certainly don't. <laughs> anyway, that uh, gets me on to the, our first talking point. The year is, golfing year is only a few weeks old and already we find ourselves uh, right bang smack in the middle of a controversy with our dear old friend Patrick Reed, the American golfer who won the Farmers Insurance picking up uh, his first win of the season. But he also picked his ball up from some deep rough because he believed it was embedded. But he did it, then called over a rules official who arrived on the scene with the ball already having been removed from where it landed. And this has got Patrick Reed into a lot of strife with a lot of golf critics as well as um, a lot of trolls online who have been going after Patrick uh, Reed, who does have form in this field as we know a year or so ago I think it was down in the Caribbean at the Hero Challenge uh, he was penalised two shots for using uh, his sand iron in a bunker he claims he he didn't uh, touch the sand at all but uh, the visual evidence was very different and it's much the same here so the general consensus among golfers and I'm thinking here of those involved in the television coverage, people like Nick Fowlow, our own Frank Nobolo, and Ian Baker Finch, between them, a number of major championship golf winners, all believe that what basically Reid done may have been technically just inside the law, but he broke convention by picking the ball up before the rules official arrived. Therefore, the rules official really wasn't in any position to make an accurate assessment of where the ball landed. That's the opinion of Fowlow and company John Lister. What say you? Um, I think the the biggest breach was uh, of Rule 16.4, which says that you're not allowed to clean the ball when you pick it up from an embedded lie. 
unfortunately, the rules official didn't get to see what he did there, but he actually put the ball in the palm of his hand, which is not the conventional way of doing it. You normally would pick it up between thumb and forefinger. To keep any marks on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then uh, I think the most controversial part was then when he had the ball in the palm of his hand, he started prodding with his fingers down into where the hole was. What do you think he was doing? Uh, My own opinion, I think he was creating a a, bigger hole hole so that it was definite. So when the rules official arrived, he thought, oh, wow, yeah, the ball landed in there. Yeah, that's an embedded life. But the rules official didn't know that Patrick had been prodding with his finger in there. The other contradiction here, and there's two or three of them, and we'll look at them one by one. Uh, Reid was adamant in the television interview he did on CBS at the completion of his round uh, that um, no one saw the ball bounce. So he was trying to sell the story that where he saw the ball in that rough was where it pitched. And the rule says that you do get relief if the ball pitches in its own um, pitch mark. But in actual fact, the television replay clearly shows that the ball bounced. Yeah. So, uh, but, but uh, Patrick went solely on the volunteer that was nearby, a lady. I heard him say, yeah. did you see the ball bounce? And she said no. So he immediately called his playing competitors, said the lady didn't see the ball bounce. I think it's embedded. Oh, well, Tom, defend Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Captain America. Hard to, uh, hard to re- re- uh, refute Captain America. You know, I-, I did not see it. I just saw the replay, and I've read online all the controversy, and we've been talking about it before we started the broadcast here. Uh, and my question to John is, that in the end, the officials clearly did not claim that Patrick cheated. Correct. Why? Well, because he followed the rules uh, according to his story. They, they believe but, his story. But, but yeah. the rules official didn't hear or see that he had actually put the ball in his palm or prodded in there with his finger. Okay, so suddenly we're watching clips, and now I'm watching highlights on television, and as you described it, Brendan, the ball clearly bounced, and the television yeah. revealed things that he did not reveal Correct. to the official. Now, in the past, women's tournaments... We've seen television interventions, Dustin Johnson at Whistling Straits in the PGA yeah. years ago, PGA coming back to Whistling Straits this year. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, so television coverage has actually impacted on uh, rules officials to, to take away a couple strokes, whatever. Why not, why not this time? Well, because I've now made a rule that uh, stuff that can't be known except on TV but John, is not to be included. In. But what they've done is, a, is kind of... To, to square that decision off. Isn't it a case now that the PGA appoint an official who sits in a room at the club where the golf tournament is taking place and watches the television coverage for any of those infractions that viewers were ringing up and complaining right. about? So wouldn't yeah. that PGA Tour official on his television screen, seeing what we were seeing at home, he must have seen the ball bounce. Yeah, but I'm not sure that they have that anymore. I think with the new rules of golf that came into effect they this dropped year... That. 
I think they've dropped it because they've taken the TV out of the equation now. Uh, uh, totally. Yeah. Oh, you see, I, I thought they took the TV out of the equation from the viewer at home. No, no. And that's why they have the, the yeah, official did, yeah. watching well, the that's screens. that's what they did. That was the yeah. payoff. That was yeah, the they did like, for a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, that, and, but I uh, think so now TV doesn't. What I gathered, uh, and I'm not familiar with the rule, yeah. but uh, I heard them say that the TV now cannot be used as evidence for stuff that the normal eye doesn't see. Well, let's, we'll explore that in, f- in future uh, podcasts yeah. here, I think, because with every other sport, certainly American sports, and one of the frustration things about wa- frustrating things about watching American sport basketball is all these uh, you know stop- stoppages, especially NFL, yeah. to check yeah. out the TV yeah. monitor. Yeah. And I thought golf was tending that same way. I didn't like the fact that viewers at home could call in. I thought that was a little you know, yeah. stretch. But I did think that having a PGA official there watching, so there's an immediate communication with somebody on the course, made sense in light of what they're doing in other sports. Yeah. But we're not sure that that's the case then. No, well, uh, I'm not okay. 100% well, sure. Taking another perspective on this, and without wishing to defend Patrick Reed, um, you're saying, and Fellow and company were saying this as well, that if you think the ball might be embedded, you back up the bus and you call an official in to yeah, come yeah. along and check <clears throat> it. But on a course which is saturated with water, um, isn't it more logical in some ways to do what Reed did yesterday? Because you'd have you'd need a hundred rules officials running around off uh, every tee, checking tee shots that miss the fairway that might be embedded in, in soft ground. Isn't it better for the allow the golfer with the approval of his partners to pick the ball up himself and see whether in fact it's embedded? Yes, but then when you put it back, put it back in the same spot. Yes, yeah, so the official can see. Yeah. Don't three yards away and say, look, this is where it was, and I've been poking in here, because he didn't say he'd been poking in there. Mm. Well, okay. And and that's the dodgy part. It's like Lexi Thompson when she got done for marking the ball wrong. When you see somebody mark the ball to the side, you think... What's going on here? Yeah. Something fishy's going on. Yeah. Same with him. When he's poking with his finger into the thing... Hey, something fishy's going on. It's not right. Okay, so so the PGA Tour are going to look at all of this vision now, the television vision, and seeing that Reed was patently wrong when he asserted that the uh, ball didn't bounce. And they'll look at his record now and think, this is happening a wee bit too often. Do you think he's a marked man now, Reed? Uh, no, not not. Definitely, because... Well, should, should they not at least speak to him? I think, yeah, they should say, look, you've got to be a bit more... Honest, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got to yeah. see a bit more effort. Yeah. Um, but I agree with some of the commentators yesterday. It's very unfortunate on the PGA Tour that players don't uh, question their co-competitors. They leave it to a rules official. Mm. Now... If whoever was marking his card had been there on the spot and seen him digging with his finger, he would have said, hey, you can't do that. I mean, I did it my first year in the States. I called a guy for cheating and he threatened to kill me the next day. (laughs) I can understand why. No, 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 factual. (laughs) Yeah, but um, I'm just thinking that um, this is becoming an unfortunate kind of stigma on the PGA Tour, this behaviour of... um, 
read, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I think I think the commentators, as I again watching the highlights, the the principle of calling over a rules official first is is sacrosanct. I mean, that's yeah. that's what you do. That's yeah. what I've always seen players do. Uh, I, I take your point about wet conditions and embedded balls on holes, and then the the difficulty. But I still think the rule that that principle applies. Yeah. But as Brandley, yeah. Brandel Chambly said, it's probably the highest point on the whole golf course is uh, where that ball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's right. I mean, that, uh, it you wasn't a yeah. low spot. You, you, yeah. you saw it. Well, you know, it's interesting because the U.S. Open is going to be played yeah. there yeah. at Torrey Pines. Yeah. And yeah. so hopefully it'll be dry conditions when we'll we get that. But unfortunately for Patrick, as soon as the Open comes back there, we're going to hear all about this again. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and maybe yeah. it will yeah. tail him through the season, which is unfortunate uh, because I'm looking forward to some normal it. golf this year, yeah. if, despite yeah. the fact that there'll be no galleries. It was also quite revealing. I don't know, guys, whether you saw the press conference that he did after his win and so all of the standard questions were asked about you know the two shot lead that he had and how do you feel coming down the straight so forth then the final question was from someone uh, from a newspaper reporter that asked him about the business of the better ball and he refused to answer anymore he said I've said all I'm going to say on that yesterday I'm happy to talk about my round of golf today but I'm not talking any more about the embedded ball I've done all of that and I thought yeah let's hit a, let's hit a sore point yeah, that question yeah. if he had nothing to hide yeah. he would have been up front, but he yeah. shut it down, yeah. and that uh, I thought was quite revealing. Anyway, so much, so much for Patrick Reed. But uh, I suppose we should, in fairness, mention his golf because I find it hard to believe this guy is not ranked in the top ten in the world. Well, I think he's just made tenth. Is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. After this win, I mean, you know, there's some yeah. guys like Tyrrell Hatton and um, uh, Colin Morikawa inside the top five. And, well, Colin Morikawa was one of my. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but that's one tournament. And I'm not sure that the European tour rankings should be equal to the US PGA no, no, Tour. No. And they are, yeah. and that's why you get more Europeans higher <coughs> up than yeah, yeah. what yeah. I think they should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, uh, we'll have a look at a few other things for 2020. Yeah, I'm just looking at 2021. Yeah, you mean? yeah, yeah. yeah what, what are you looking forward to in 2021, John? Uh, lots of great golf. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'm not confident there's going to be galleries, but uh, somehow it seems like most of the tournaments are still going ahead. Yeah, I think they are, as they usually were on schedule in 2019. Now, does the fact that there's no gallery, does that take away your enthusiasm? or your, you know, Do you make extent, it less compelling for you to watch? Yes, to yeah. some extent. Um, and I must say, I find it easier to walk away from the TV now while the golf is on okay. and do something else and come back to it than what I did before. Except mm. the irony here, John, is, and I'm using you as an example, you probably played 90% of your time on the US PGA Tour with no one watching you. No, I always had people watching. <laughs> not, not to the number wasn't that bad. there are <laughs> today, but there were always galleries. Always. Yeah. I can. Even first off on Thursday Seven morning. 7 o'clock on a Thursday morning? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, I had one occasion at the Australian Open. I was in the second group, uh, and Terry Kendall was in the first group ahead of us, and he plays unbelievably quick. And we got through the front nine in about one hour, 45 minutes, 
and this official come up to me and says, you guys are going to have to catch up, you're a hole behind. <laughs> I said, do you know who's in that group in front? I said, see this gallery here? That's actually Terry Kendall's gallery. They can't keep up <laughs> with them. <laughs> yeah. um, I know some players, I think Rory McIlroy is one who has publicly stated that it's affected his game, that he doesn't get the, the, the drive or mm. the urge that he that, that, he yeah. fe- that feeds off the spectators when he's you mean coming. it's not marriage? Uh, <laughs> when he's coming down the straight um, and the closing holes and there's, there's no vibe I, I coming. Can, I can understand that um, because there is an adrenaline rush and we've always put it down to being in the tournament. Mm-hmm. The gallery obviously mm-hmm. play a big part of that as well. But I mm-hmm. think in America at the moment we just have to be thankful for small mercies, don't we? I mean, with this pandemic raging across America, it's something of a miracle yes. that you can even put a goal to Absolutely, yeah. Brian. I absolutely agree. Yeah. It is it is uh, unbelievable. And to the credit of the PGA Tour, the commissioner, uh, they're managing to make it work for television uh, yeah. worldwide. And uh, I think it's uh, it's saving the pro game. I mean, well, just, um, the tournaments in the States don't depend on the gate. It's television Correct. revenue. It is television yes. revenue yeah. that yeah. has always and yeah. paved the way. Yeah. And, and, and in Europe. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, it's just us sort of viewers that miss the gallery yeah. more but than anything. The other thing yeah. that is very good in the States, oddly enough, at a time when the pandemic is worse than probably anywhere else in the world, I'm surprised that there haven't been more uh, positive cases among the playing uh, community of golfers and caddies and, and the like. You look at football in England, for example, and uh, matches are being cancelled left, right and centre because yeah. six and seven players in one team out yeah. of 15 or 20 right. are, re- are returning positive tests. But yeah. um, there's been a handful of golfers in 12 months, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, golf is very much more individualistic. Uh, you've got a team sport, your whole team staying in the same hotel within close proximity. Well, I think this other. is happening as well, isn't it? On this, Ryan Fox is telling me that they travel as a bubble. Uh, well, yeah, but they've got very strict protocols um, to ensure. Yeah. And really, the safest place of all is on the golf, golf course. Out, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. natural yeah. social distancing. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I think and, that's part of it. And uh, I don't know that I've actually read what the PGA Tour protocol is in terms of a process. Certainly the players are tested. Yeah. Uh, and they test negative. They can play and they're tested well before a tournament mm. and maybe constantly tested. And now well, with the testing... I think the results are coming back a lot quicker. It makes that happen. Um, So, you know, I I look forward to it anyway without the – honestly, I don't – you know, one reason I don't miss the galleries is if I hear another American in the gallery, (laughs) get in the hole, you know, I'm going to shut my volume down, you know. I mean, you know, a lot of the rowdiness out of American uh, galleries that I've experienced myself personally – Certainly at the Ryder Cup in Boston yeah. years ago when it got quite vicious with Colin Montgomery, it's just a turnoff. I yeah. think it's just idiotic and it's a turnoff. So, yeah. uh, frankly, I just see want to see good golf. And if they're in, if the players are inspired by the gallery, okay, or not, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm still watching. And I imagine, ironically, because hundreds of thousands of people can't go to golf tournaments, it's probably helped the television ratings. Well, I'm sure it, it might, is. yeah, actually. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. right, yeah. It's, it's yeah. like golf yeah. is in a boom yeah. around the yeah. world yeah. because yeah. they I mean, can't go on holidays. Yeah. So they've got to spend their time 
somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. even watching T20 cricket on television, <laughs> which I've never watched before. <laughs> Forgive my snobbish kind of um, dismissal of T20 cricket, but um, there is such a paucity of sport on television because yeah. of the COVID, mm. which has had a decimating effect, hasn't it, on so many sports? Yes. Yeah, well, um, what are you looking forward to in golf for 2021? Uh, well, it's I mean, a very busy year. schedule. It's a very busy year, and John can clarify a couple of things here for me. Uh, we've got the Olympic Games. Yeah. Uh, we've got yeah. the Ryder Cup. Yes. Um, we've had the U.S. We had the U.S. Open just before Christmas, um, but it happened in the new season. So, is there another U.S. Open this yes, year? So there's yeah. two in the one season. Yeah. yeah, and June as as usual. And there'll so. be two Masters yeah. in the one season. Yeah. And two PGAs. Yeah, six yep. six majors altogether. Six majors, yeah. Yeah. But you know, in my mind, I I, I put twenty twenty out of my mind right now. It's yeah. such a horrible yeah. year. Yeah. Generally, I look. At, I'm trying to think yeah, normal it was a mess again. Up. Yeah, twenty twenty yeah. was a mess up. So we've yeah. got you know the you know the PGA in May, the Masters in April, uh, May yeah. PGA in June is the U.S. US Open. Open. July yeah. is the British Open or the Open Championship, yeah. Yeah. as which, usual. Which of course didn't happen Play, last year. Didn't happen at all. I, no. I wonder right. whether it'll happen this year. Yeah, they're planning it. Well, yeah, yeah, I think it will. The news I heard today is they've now vaccinated all the aged people in care homes in, in England. Yeah, so that's, that's right. a big start. No, I'll tell you, I look for the Open Championship because it's at Royal St. George. And that's where Darren Clark won his Open. Yep. And I think this is a year, back to that course, suiting the old boys. I want to see Lee, Lee Westwood win this Open Championship <laughs> year. That's he what I'm, I'm looking yeah. for, the highlight, because this is a course he can win. He's playing better at his old age. Yep. His ripe old he's age. Playing, he's right? I think he's on the same diet as you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, if if, if Sorry. he were, he'd be about 12 pounds overweight. Oh, but, but I'll hey. tell you what, Darren Clark's playing well. He's winning on the seniors tour in the States. Which is extraordinary, because he's yeah. been, you know, Limping, and smoking, yeah. and doing everything possible not to play well, but he's John, a soldier. John, there's a, we're seeing in the last couple of years a real strong surge of young, talented American golfers coming through. Um, I think seven of the top ten, I looked the other day yeah, now, yeah. are Americans in the world's top ten. You know, there's the Morikawas and the Wolfs and the Chauffelis uh, and uh, a couple of guys I saw the yeah. other day, Sam Ryder and Sam Burns, all guys capable of winning tournaments. Um, uh, I'm inclined to think... I think this something's going on in the American college system that is producing these kids in talented numbers now, right? Have you yep. any insight into that? Uh, only that it's competition, and we have uh, some New Zealanders in amongst it. Mm. Uh, I think we've got some very talented Kiwis on the way up. Unfortunately, at the moment, uh, there's very few tour schools to go to, Q schools, to get on a tour. So that's restricting them a bit. But uh, we've got the talent. And unfortunately, as much as we tout the value of our Charles Tour events for amateurs coming along, uh, it, it's not a good breeding ground at the moment because uh, the calibre of pros that we've got playing uh in a way, to some degree, second rate. They're struggling, aren't they? they well, we they don't have any world-class players that know no. how to play golf. No. And unfortunately, in this country, we seem to be teaching golf swing rather than the game of golf. And playing golf is totally different from golf swing. Can you elaborate on that? I'm curious here. Well, uh, they don't. The, the game of golf is getting in the hole for the least number of strokes. Now, that means short game, and it means uh, at the very top level, manoeuvring the ball. That's what the top players do. 
most of our young pros think you just hit it straight. And they say, oh, the modern ball doesn't curve. Well, how come it goes out of bounds? Because they don't go straight mm. out of bounds, they mm. curve. And uh, the, they're not learning uh, how to play the game because they don't have good examples showing them how to play the game. When I grew up uh, starting out in pro golf, I had Peter Thompson, Cal Nagel and Bob Charles every week here in New Zealand playing and they beat your brains in and Mm. eventually you think, they're not hitting the ball as good as me, but what are they doing that's making them... You were longer than all of them, right? Yeah, Yeah. and and hit better shots. Yeah. So you've got to think about what's going on and it was even more pronounced mm. in America mm. that guys so about, that you figured couldn't play were beating your brains in every mm. week. Doesn't mm. this come back to the calibre of the coaches in New Zealand at the moment? No, because none of our coaches have been inside the ropes. They're only theory guys. They've never played. But we were, we were producing a lot of world-class golfers. I can remember the 1990s. We had about five or six in the top 100. We had Waits and Nobolos and Turners and Campbells and uh, one well, or two. Wait. Uh, Turner uh, all went to college in America. Campbell didn't? No, Campbell didn't. He was a, a different... Nobolo didn't? No, but he, he learnt from the good guys as well and through Australia. Our guys, our Charles Tur thing is not doing the business. I watched the highlights from Tauranga and uh, from Namudu, and it was a disgrace the way the guys played. They played like amateurs. They didn't play like. And these are young guys yeah, our, who, who our could better professionals that are stuck at home, can't go and play overseas. And mm. if they're going to be the example to our up and coming ones, we've got no hope. So you, there ought to be a, before they turn pro, there ought to be a feeder system into NCAA American College Golf. Well, this is one of the big problems. New Zealand golf and the coaching fraternity in New Zealand think that they can do better here. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry they can't. And I guess this this sudden rise of this unknown golfer to most of us, Amelia Garvey, is an example, isn't it? You get into that American college system and... University of South Carolina, runner-up in the Ladies British Open two years ago. Mm -hmm. This year she's leading the US Open after the... Well, most of the way... Through the first the round, and she's going to get to play at Augusta mm. this year, mm. which is fantastic. So I think what Tom's saying here is, how do we get more talented young kids into the American college system? Uh, well, number one, uh, I think there's uh, plenty of openings, but um, they've been encouraged not to go there by New Zealand golf, uh, trying to promote their own system. Because uh, I can think of quite a few that have gone through that American system. I think of Sam Hunt, one that comes to mind, yep. brilliant young golfer here, was rather uh, mirrored what Danny Lee was doing in amateur tournaments in well, this country, and he goes off to a university in America never heard of again. Yeah, well, he's yeah, never going to make it. Yeah, whatever happened to Sam Hunt? You see, Phil Aiken's another one who's with New Zealand Golf now, one of our highest guys, but he went to uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma with Turner, Mm -hmm. and he decided that it wasn't for him. uh, A a life of playing golf, and for a lot of them, or well, for a a number of players, it isn't a life for them. They can't handle it. Mm -hmm. It takes a special 
mental, a mental yeah. discipline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. let's uh, have a look at a few other things this year. You look at the top names at the top of the world rankings: uh, Dustin Johnson, um, Ram, McElroy, Thomas, and um, uh, McElroy. And it's hard to see any newcomers, even some of these talented kids coming through, regardless of how good they are, that are really going to seriously hustle these guys for major championships, aren't they? Well, I think uh, Shoffley will give yeah. them a run for their money. Mm. Yeah. He's due. Yeah. He's definitely due. And, mm. hey, it's a learning process. It takes a little while to get in your head what it takes to win a major. It just doesn't, Happen. for most mm. people, mm. come naturally mm. uh, because the stakes are so high. Uh, you've got to gain confidence that you can uh, play and beat your peers and then to do it on a course that's looking to eat your lunch mm. every day is mm. another thing. Mm. But um, speaking of that university system, sorry to be going back over some yeah. old ground here, but you look at some of these guys, young guys, this Victor Hoffland, yeah. uh, Neiman from Chile, uh, yeah. Answer from Mexico, and yeah. they've all gone through the American college system. Mm. Yeah, mm. and and China, the great communist country in the world, where does it send all its bright young stars? <laughs> yeah. To America, American universities. Anyway, what about mm. our top three? You, you, there clearly is, in your opinion, John, a, a, a sizable gap between, say, Danny Lee, Ryan Fox, and Tim Wilkinson, and the next level. Um, yeah. These three have struggled in the first month of 2021. Doesn't mean anything of course because there's a lot of golf to play for the rest of the year but do you have do you hold out any hopes for these guys no they're journeymen Mm. Uh, even ryan fox yeah Uh, he's got a lot of talent but um i'm not sure that he hits the golf course enough to really figure in big tournaments play enough you mean uh hit the fairways i mean oh okay yeah yeah uh, he's long, extraordinarily long, but you have to hit the fairways. Yeah, yeah. I know the modern game is they tout it as a power game, but uh, if you're hitting out of the rough, you're giving a lot away. Yeah, I think the last Ryder Cup proved that when yeah. Europe just killed Americans, yeah. and I think they couldn't hit the fairways. And yeah. and this is over four rounds, and this is what this is the thing. I mean, golf is always over four rounds, but a major over four rounds and doing it day after four four days in a row, mm. I think that's where I think that's where McElroy loses. He plays yeah. three brilliant rounds, and then suddenly, boom, yeah. you know, yeah. he's seventy two, seventy three. Yeah. Well, also the other day, I mean, I saw something shameful from him. He's hit a 377-yard drive. He's got 114 to the hole. And he hits a sand line or something and spins it back 50 feet off the front of the green. And he three-putts. He's struggling with his his wedges, isn't he? Well, it's it's just he he takes way too big a swings. Wedges are never Mm. full swings. John, I go back to Johnny Johnny Miller's remarks. (laughs) He said, ever since Rory McIlroy hit the gym, he hasn't won a major. (laughs) 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 Um, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, can I – just yeah. on yeah. a very positive note, uh, we've got a young uh, girl in Canterbury that's a trainee professional. She's only played three tournaments out of the six so far on the New Zealand PGA uh, Pro-Am circuit, and she's leading money winner. Who, what's the name? Momoko uh, Kabori. She's got a brother, hey. Kazuma, who yeah. won the Charles Tour event at Pegasus a couple of years ago. Very good. Okay. And mm. this young lady, she's been to university in the States as well. Okay. And she's doing a traineeship down in Canterbury. And she's uh, her first two events, uh, 36 holes at Whitford Park and at uh, uh, Masterton. Oh, no, uh, 
one of the ones Loretta down there Worth, in the Wairarapa. Yeah. Mm. She's tied for first both times. What, what about um, Lydia? We talk a lot about yep. Lydia. Um, this is a critical year for her, isn't it? She's made some progress in the last year or two to come back from uh, that rather depressing spell she had after the Olympic Games. Um, I go back to a comment she made when she was about 15 or 16 that she doesn't want to be playing golf when she's 30 or she wants to try, retire when she's 30. She's now, I think, coming up to 23, 24. She has another poor year this year. She ain't going to have a poor year this year. You don't year. think so? She's back. <laughs> okay. Well, that's my opinion. Mm. Yep. Uh, it was unfortunate that she didn't win the tournament last year. That she yeah, had the first one, first one, yeah. And that is some of the doubts that had crept into her mind over yeah. the years. But I'm encouraged by what a coach at the moment saying. He's uh, simplified everything to her, and the game was simple to her. And all these different coaches changing were filling a head full of rubbish. And this is what I get back to. It's not the game of golf swing. Mm. It's the game of playing golf. Getting the ball in the hole. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And uh, it's not about how you hit it. It's how you get it in there. Would it be true to say also that when she enjoyed that success three or four years ago, and she won, I think, 13 or 14 tournaments on the LPGA, there wasn't the same depth that there appears to be now in women's golf? I, I would agree with that. She ain't going to dominate. That's tougher now. She yep. won't dominate the way she she did, mm. but she will still win tournaments, and I think she's a good chance she could win two this year. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 it'd be fantastic if she could. Uh, any other thoughts, John? Before we wrap in twenty twenty one, I mean, I know you probably don't like golf at the Olympics, do you? I don't mind it. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I don't uh, mind Tom? it. Tom. I don't mind it either. I mean, uh, I just the Olympics. Uh, I don't know whether we'll have an Olympics this year to be. Well, they're no, they're they're scheduling it. Yeah, they are. But for August. I think it's crazy. I think it's absolutely crazy yeah, at a time at a time when this pandemic is still rife and there's major troubles getting these vaccines rolling out into people's arms. Here you have a sporting organisation going to bring ten thousand athletes, ten thousand media people, five thousand technical officials for starters, a family of thirty five thousand. They're going to put them in a city where the COVID virus is running a lot worse than it did 12 months ago or six mm. months ago when the mm. games were scheduled. Mm. And a lot of these 35,000 people are going to be sleeping and staying in the same rooms. They're going to be uh, playing alongside each other, physical contact in some sports, queuing up cheek by jowl in these massive big dining halls three times a day for um, meals. They come from 200 different parts of the world and they're going home after a month. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, but isn't that a recipe for disaster? Yeah, but it doesn't count for nothing. It's the money. It's the team. money, money. Money, 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 money. The twenty-five money. billion that yeah. the Japanese government have put up, and they want to see. And some what kind about of all the uh, television companies yeah. playing yeah. the IOC? And, and so yeah, you, I mean, you're uh, gonna, yeah, you're going to have a lot of people. Golf probably won't be quite as much disadvantaged, but a lot of sports where New Zealand expects to win medals, uh, our leading competitors can't get any competition before the Olympics. I mean, the rowers, for example, about now would go off to Europe to yeah. compete on a Grand Prix rowing circuit against the best in the world. Vital preparation for the Olympics in July or August and our athletes and our throwers or our cyclists all do the same but none of these events are taking place these pre-games mm. um, lead-up events so are we really going to have a proper how, Olympics? How are they going to pull it off? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just uh, you know Olympics you know, I'm neutral on that I mean I'll get more excited about the Ryder Cup and I'd like yeah. to tell you both that America is back <laughs> <laughs> but this is this, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah. well, I'll tell you yeah. why Steve Stricker 
He's a captain, and he's really cool. They're going to play in, in the U.S., and so we'll get to it down the line. We'll talk more about yeah. this going. But just as our preview for the year, I just want you both to know that America's, America's back. I'll sit on the fence. <laughs> yeah, I'm inclined to think because it is in America, they'll get it. Actually, this is one event, isn't it? This is absolutely one golf tournament that will be stung if the crowds aren't there. You've got to have yeah. the crowds yeah, yeah. a couple yeah. of yeah. I yeah. don't care about yeah. farmers' insurance. I'm yeah. not even sure about Augusta. But yeah. somehow the Ryder Cup without that phenomenal kind of noise that comes. Oh, and I can yeah. still yeah. see vividly Anthony Kim. He just won his match, and he was so involved he didn't realise he walk to the next tee. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, then the wives in their high heels yeah. racing across the green, yeah. kissing their men. But um, yeah. all part of this uh, yeah. wonderful, yeah. wonderful uh, week of golf called the Ryder Cup, which is due, I think, around about September, is it, I guess? August, August. yeah. August. Yeah. August, we look forward to that. Anyway, John, I thank you very much. Thanks, for John. Time. John, List, uh, John Lister, our guest today. And thank you, Tom, as well. And we'll be back uh, in about a fortnight's time, courtesy, of course, of our friends at JK's World of Golf and the Akarana Golf Club. I'm Brendan Telfer. Good golfing in the meantime. You've been listening to On The Tee Golf New Zealand podcast, hosted by Tom Hyde and Brendan Telfer, proudly presented by Podcasts New Zealand and Gorilla Voice Media. You can find us online at podcasts.nz. 